0: Blob
1: Talk All power radio. to the people, All power to the people. This is Brother Warren, and this is People's Black Panther Party. Today, the mirror's eye to reflect empirical contradictions and perceptions on advanced agenda. We will be talking about the economics of slavery and the prudence of human capital. And today, I got special guest that's going to be on the line. And so I want to go ahead and, and get into uh, briefing on
0: who our who our special guest is going to be. Brother E, are you there? Yes, sir.
1: All right, brother Psych, with us?
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir.
1: All right, sweet. So my special guests tonight are brother E and brother Psych. Both brothers were instrumental in the foundational building of the, the New Black Panther Party structure and operation, which led the path and continual evolution to the people of Black Panther Party, which is where we are now, and serves as the anchor to the repository of knowledge that will be forthcoming as a team. So you're going to be hearing more from these brothers. Uh, Brother E was a minister of information in the Dallas chapter of the New Black Panther Party prior to Khalid Muhammad joining the ranks, and it was his consistent drive to fashion the appetite for, the, for useful knowledge and made sure that the membership had this information readily available that forges a path for the expansion and liberation and process of ideology. And I think that's key and super important to understand that. And, again, we've already we talked in the past about the, having the proper appetite for liberation, the proper appetite for knowing what it means to deal with uh, self-determination. And Brother E was the instrumental piece behind that in Dallas and, and helped make me the person I am today. Now, Brother Syke was the Dallas chapter chief of staff and was the architect of the cell theory mechanism structure, which is, your, you know, your defense community information. And today we will need to get into a little bit of the economics. And later um, it was coupled with the infra- infrastructure, which laid the circumference to the total approach design that led to the skill sets of a Panther, which – provides an outline to the, to the life legacy and continuity of the Panther regardless of the formation, and that's what's super important. So this is the brother that put that together in terms of the mechanism structure. So with this, let's start the discussion on the economics of slavery and the prudence of human capital commodities. By first going into the, a few definitions in the spirit of the Panther 3Ds, which is to define, develop, and defend we're going to start with the economics as it applies to it. So economics is a science that deals with the production, distribution, and consumption of goods and services or the material welfare of humankind. So keep that in mind as we talk about the, the, the topic that we're getting into. Second one would be institutional slavery. It's the difference between institutional slavery and just slavery. So tonight we're focusing on the aspect of how the institutional slavery brought, in, brought forth economics, which is the organized establishments, foundations, societies, and the like devoted to the process, engineering, production, and maintenance of a systematic enslavement. This institution lives by ensuring social, political, and economic justification is infused in every aspect of the environment. It requires direct science implementation applied to both the oppressor and the oppressed. That's what's key, and we have to understand that because we're approaching this, as I always often do, from the aspect of weaponization. And this is, uh, brother Wars' pet peeve here is, is for y'all to get and understand, overstand the concept of how things are weaponized, because it is through the concept of weaponization that builds world power structures and, and, and elitism, and it causes us to be mass manipulated as a population and as a people and lose our way in terms of liberation. So we must recognize how things are weaponized around us and how this puts us against each other, puts us in a position of, of, of acting out inferiority. And mind you, I said acting out inferiority because we are not inferior, but we, we oftentimes are acting out inferiority as a result of our psychological damage of of generational damage that we, we we deal with, which is why we're talking about the economics of slavery. Brother Cycle E, y'all want to jump in on any of that? Go ahead, Cycle. I follow you. All right. Uh, well, because you you were talking about the economics of slavery and uh, and definitions, I think it's something that's real real important to understand. When, coming to, when dealing with the economics of slavery, as applied, to, as applied to slavery and economics themselves. There are five factors of production when you're dealing with economics. And, and if we lay this out, I think we can see clearly how slavery was a powerful tool in economics. The first factor of economics that we all know is land. We all know, and any revolutionary knows that they're not making any more land. And that's one of the number one fights and number one battles. Is for the land, the real estate, the water, the minerals, the timber on the land, because anything in society is made from those raw materials that come from the land. Second, and this is important, and I I need everybody to clearly think about this, is labor, your human resources, your mental and physical skills and abilities of all employees. Now, in this modern-day society, an employee is paid a wage or a salary for his work. Now, imagine... How powerful your economic structure would be if you didn't have to pay that employee for his labor or for his skill or for his in, uh, for his uh, initiative. Imagine if you didn't have to pay for that and you just had that that, uh, uh, that human resource as a repetitive thing throughout years and years and years. Third is capital. That's the money, the tools, the buildings, etc. All the assets that you need in order to invest into the economic thing that you're trying to create. Fourth is information resources. And if we all know knowledge is power, so the information resources is the facts and the intelligence needed to manage and operate the business and and uh, uh, allows the managers to control all other resources. And the last and not least is the entrepreneur himself. That's the risk taker. That's the person that organizes all the factors to create the business. That's the person that has the vision and they risk their time and their financial resources. So when we understand those things, that we understand the slavery itself was an economic thing, it was a business. And then they used emotionalism in order to get all the rest of the Europe behind that that, that, uh that business, that economic concept. Sweet. Yeah, I would add just on on the note of of of, um, really getting an understanding a real fundamental understanding is attacking it from one of the tools or the tool that we use more than anything else in the course of a day, and that's the language. Just understanding how the language has been weaponized and turned against us in order to have us accept and even ask for the state of slavery that we're in. Prime example, um, if you ask an employer, well, one is, well, I've heard it so, so many times. Every time I start another job or have a conversation with any type of uh Employer, they'll say without, almost without, uh, uh, without difference, without, uh, uh, exception, that their uh, most valuable asset is their employee. But what they don't tell you is that they're hiding it in plain sight because asset in financial terms is anything of value that is owned. So they let you know in your face without telling you, but we're not aware of it because the language has been weaponized and it's been hidden and, and tucked away so that we see it and don't know it, don't recognize it for what it is. And that's the essence of the of, of, of slave mentality. That's the essence of, of how the system works. You know, Harriet Tubman said that she, or is reported to have said that she freed thousands of slaves and could have freed thousands more if she could have uh, uh, convinced them that they were slaves. They were slaves, true indeed. So we don't, the language even of what we talk about, we don't understand how economics works, the banking system. You know, we think we take – if we even have a bank account, we put money in the bank. That money actually goes in the bank and sits somewhere, and the bank loans that money out to, to other people and da-da-da. That's what they tell us in, in elementary school, but that's not the way the economic system works. So again, we're enslaved, but, but it's hidden right in plain sight right in front of us. Let me go into One thing here in regards to that uh, Dealing with the title We said to be prudent Is defined as being wise Or judicious In practical affairs Sober also careful In providing for the future So based on what the brothers Were just saying to you Knowing that slavery was About economics The idea is that they approached it With prudence and it's strong and important that we we realize how social engineering operates because social engineering is about being able to take something and build it out through generational advancement. This is why you constantly hear me refer back to that terminology because like Brother E was saying with the language, we have to know the importance of how language operates because language is what creates and defines your perception. It is how you get into the perspective of a of a view, viewpoint, and as long as your perception is that of inferiority, as long as your perception is that of a slave mentality, then you don't have any upper, upper way of achieving freedom. You don't have any way of breaking free of the bondage of being domesticated, and this is where we go into. So the aspects of social, as it applies to this, is the engineering of a perception that Africans were inferior, And enslavement Civilized them In order to adhere to this Historical records had to be fabricated Scientifically to theorize The biological, genetic Excuse me, biological, genetic And religious reasons For the actions This is a weaponized way Of building a truth Let me say that again This is a weaponized way of building A truth because we have to realize that truths oftentimes are based upon perceptions and built. And from the standpoint of building a truth, this is where fab- things are fabricated in terms of a justific- a justifying that. It involves selective cross-examination of an action through a tonal re- rationalization that leads you to a specific conclusion that ends with the same action you questioned in the first place, a.k.a. Also called psychological programming. This is what would have to be put in place in order to create the slave. The political aspect of this is a system, so it was a system built laws based on the false socially engineered data to implement the institution of legalized uh, uh, I'm sorry, institution and legalize the practice of enslavement. The law also defined Africans as cattle capital and set forth a process to enrich the European lands by way of newfound labor to build a new world order. Going back to what Sykes said, which is a key important in terms of this overall discussion, land is not being created nowhere. There is only so much land. So in order to deal with that, you have to create a system to where even going today, dealing with where we are, and we're going to graft into how bringing the transition into how that applies to the modern-day terms. When you deal with, a, with people that have a renter's mentality, land has no value to them. And when land does not have value, then obviously they're not going to be in a position of, of jumping into their liberation. And so this is what happens. And so we have to look at things from the, the aspect of the social, the political. And then the economic. And so the economic venture in, was in utilizing the capital labor had to be well planned out, which is why we use the word prudence to bring that into in perspective. In fact, it was through the trial and error lessons learned through European enslaving each other and a centuries-long practice of enslaving and conquest from wars and colonial expansions that led up to the refinement of, the, of, of trading material capitals for human capitals. This projected yields based on trade, capture, transportation, in processing, the sale, the training, the dehumanization, the settling, and finally breeding to form the inherent lifelong ownership. As with most companies, going into what E was talking about, anything an employee does to improve the company belongs to the company. This includes inventions. Or may it be mechanical or biological replication, and in the case of human and cattle and cattle capital, it means offspring are automatically owned without the need to rep- repurchase new livestock. This built a whole new industry out of human capital on the lands of conquest. Y'all to jump in on that. Well, I think I think. To add to what you were just saying and to go back to some of the things that I was saying earlier when I explained the factors of production, the five factors of production, let's look into the mind state of the people that created this system of slavery. See, a lot of times we look at racism itself and the emotionalism that come along with racism to protect slavery and, and, and think that this is why they created this system, and they didn't. They created this system based on, based on understanding the economic principles. And when I broke down those five factors of production, the second factor of production was labor, the human resources itself. But in order to convince the, uh, the rest of the population of Europe that this was all right to do, then, as, as Brother Ward just said earlier, that they had to convince them that blacks was, was inferior and that the, the institution of slavery itself would save their souls. It would educate them. It would uplift them. These are the concepts. So they used history. They used religion. They used a fabricated truth in order to, to convince the rest of the population of Europe that slavery was all right. This was all right. But it, but it was never based on the color of skin itself. It was based on economic uh, 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 development. As Huey P. Newton once said, Hewitt said this. He said, when you understand capitalism, you've got to understand that capitalism is about profit. So the, the, the oppressor oppresses you not because of your color but because it's profitable. So when you understand that then you understand that the only way you could stop him from oppressing you is to make it non-profitable and one of the examples that you if you knew used was when he talked about martin luther king's montgomery bus uh, montgomery bus boycott he, he talked about when the when black people boycotted the montgomery bus system for a year then they finally started allowing black people to ride the bus wherever they wanted to not because they had a change of mind not because all of a sudden they became altruistic and felt like Blacks need to be treated like all other human beings, but because it caused a dent in somebody's pocket. It was non-profitable. So when it started hurting their finances, then they said, okay, we need to cut this out. We need to stop uh, uh, segregating the bus system. So, so the, the ideal or the, or the basic strategy of, of this when dealing with slavery and economics is to make it non-profitable. Yeah, and I think that's where a more fundamental uh, understanding of what economics is 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 necessary. You know, economics, simply put, is taking what you have and making it address what it is you need. And for the slave, the way that's done is to turn it over to the oppressor and let the oppressor make those decisions. You know, I saw an article uh, a couple of days ago talking about how this Black Friday, like most Black Fridays, uh, uh, most people that are going out – to the Black Fridays are still in debt from the last Black Friday, so we continue to, to we continue to launder the money for the oppressor. They put the money in, we give it right back to them. It looks clean because it's gone through their businesses and whatnot. You know, in the, in, in the South during uh, slavery, you, you had the oligarchs in, in the South who were uh, the uh, the plantation owners. You know, the, the the slave owners, the the African owners, the ones that owned us. Uh, today, you've got the same, same scenario. You've got oligarchs, uh, basically wealthy white males who hold all the keys. You've know, you got Jeff Bezos, the head of Amazon, that's worth more than a $100 billion. Bill Gates and, 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 and uh, Thiel and, and uh, Elon Musk and all of these folks that are sitting up and playing chess with our lives. And if we really wanted to affect this system, this reality, to build on what the brother was saying – It's always been funny to me when black folks get together and talk about making a change, one of the things we always want to throw out there is voting. And it just seems illogical to me. Why would Democrat, Republican, why would uh, uh, George Bush and all these other cats that we talk about not caring about black people, why would they encourage us to vote if voting was really going to affect the system of balance, the system of power? doesn't make any sense. When's the last time the oppressor told the oppressed how to become unoppressed? Makes no sense. Indeed. <laughs> the reality of it is politics in this, in this, in this country and in this world are, are, are run by, affected by, uh, manipulated by money. Whether you vote Democrat or Republican, both are parties of Goldman Sachs. Goldman Sachs has Obama in his pocket. Obama never did anything for black folks, but we love the fact that Obama was in office. Bombed more brown people than any president in history, but still we love Obama. Made it okay or uh, uh, widened the the ability of the state to uh, run surveillance on me and you. But we love Obama. You know he made it okay to uh uh, uh to, to 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 use a drone to uh, extraditiously go out and, and kill U.S. citizens. He did that. He ushered that in. But still we'll vote because we think that voting has anything to do with it. We can't conceive outside of that box to affect our system by writing in Minister Farrakhan or better yet, not going and, and spending all our money at Walmart because we don't make the connection between between uh, Walmart and our oppression. We can't see how the two go hand in hand. In fact, there's a website I'm going to try to pull up and pass it along before we get off of here. Uh, There's a website where – that has got lifted some of the companies that actually utilize um, penitentiary labor. Um, I believe McDonald's is one of them that actually gets their uh, uh, uniforms made by prisoners in this country. That's economics. That's flat out – that's the one place that the Constitution says – Verbatim, almost verbatim, that slavery is legal in the penitentiary. It's okay to do that, according to the the, the uh, Constitution. That's the mm-hmm. economics of it. So again, uh, to build on what the brother was saying, if 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 we're if until we understand, until we overstand that if we want Dr. King's day uh, uh, or Malcolm X even better's birthday to be a holiday, all we got to do is not go to work. People trash won't get picked up. Your yeah, meals won't get made at the restaurant. All kinds of stuff will just shut down because black people, poor people don't go to work. The ones at the top are going to have a fit, and they're going to change their business model. But as long as we keep feeding in and handing them our money, they really don't care. Democrat or Republican, they both work for the same bank.
0: Hmm.
1: Let me go into something else just with on top of what y'all was getting at. And let's talk about the process of dehumanization in order to yield efficient human capital. Because the thing about it is, this kind of goes into the mentality that we face that we're faced with today, which creates the consumer mentality that Brother E is talking about in regards to folks, you know, still being in debt from the previous year. And going into this year and being more and more debt, because the whole way a capitalist capitalist structure can work is built upon the the next level of the game was built upon credit. Because mind you, you didn't necessarily have a system of credit in place like you do now, dealing with the electronic banking system back then. Mm -hmm. But let's take this into perspective, based on that. Let me see where I'm at, where I'm at. In the South, the focus was on extracting raw materials in terms of slavery, but in the North, the focus was on production of the raw goods to produce goods that could then be warehoused and mass-produced to build international trade paths. Because if you think about what happened with the, 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 the myopia in the first place, the, the triangle trade, the whole point was that they traded goods and services for Slaves, so to speak, or for human capital, and in turn, that human capital will, will, will then turn around and mass gather raw goods, raw materials from the lands that they help get the slaves to overthrow the natives of, the, of that land, as well as conquest and conquer, which basically goes right back into the same process, and then take those 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 goods and natural raw and, and make production out of those. So what you did then is you had human capital that was able to create a system and fulfill a legacy of, of a systematic approach, which is why we talked about that in terms of slavery being an institution that allowed the United States to become the United States in terms of world power because you're operating from the stance of having free labor, which is like Brother E is talking about, the, the correlation between that and the prison industrial complex. And uh, I like Psych to even jump a little bit more into that in terms of how intricate entwined the human uh, the uh, the uh, industrial complex is in our lives because most of us don't realize just how the aspect of production goes into play from back then as well as it as it it applies now. So psych, would you break that down a little bit more with it for us? As far as the uh, prison industrial complex, yes, sir. Well, uh, brother E, I, I, brother E made a nice point when he uh, talked earlier, and he said that the Constitution, the, the Constitution basically legalizes legal slavery when it comes to prison, and it does. When you read the, the amendment that that uh, Lincoln signed into the office, you'll see that it says that slavery should be outlawed in these states, but only only time slavery should be legal if it's, it's, it's a uh, just punishment for a uh, legal felony conviction so when you go to prison then slavery becomes legal they don't tell you you're a slave uh, i did time and i remember one time i told an officer i told him i'm not a slave and when i told him this he laughed he kind of smirked and looked at me he didn't say anything but it was like man you don't realize you're a slave because especially in texas you work for free you're you're compelled to work every single day of your life in prison for free. You're not just sitting around in prison uh, and, and just enjoying yourself. You're going to go out and labor. And sometimes you're going to labor eight and ten hours a day. And then <clears throat> then once you understand how prison itself applies to economics in this overall society, people have stock in prison. There's actually a stock in prison, a beautiful book to read to understand the way prison works and how prison keeps, keeps uh, uh, uh Developing the economic system in America is uh, the new Jim Crow by Michelle Alexander. This is a beautiful book. It breaks it breaks and builds on these ideas. Another thing that you can check out that will give you a deeper understanding of it is a uh, it's a documentary called The Thirteenth Amendment, and this and this breaks down exactly what we're talking about here right now today. How the Thirteenth Amendment didn't didn't uh, not uh, abolish slavery, but it legalized it. It sets the legal foundation for slavery itself. Like, for instance, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give one example, then I'm going to bring this to a close when we understand the politics. Because to understand economics, you've got to understand that economics is just the fuel of the political system. But in prison, you're not released from prison on parole because you have done good in prison or because you've demonstrated that you're a changed individual and you're ready to be a productive member of society. That's the dialogue that you are given, and you think uh, uh, all the days of your life. That a person is going to prison in order to transform and change to a better citizen and that's not true it doesn't matter how much good you do in prison you're released from prison based on political based on uh, uh how your release or how you're being kept in prison can affect the political system people start being released from prison in texas uh, uh in the last couple of years because texas will running out of money to fund the prison and it was more economically productive to release people on on parole and have them to pay parole fees, than to hold them in prison and pay for the lights, the the uh, the uh, beds, the food, and even pay for the officer salaries to help keep those people in prison. It's all based on economics. Um. So please. Yeah. I, ahead, I, I, oh. Um. Yeah. Some of those. Uh, I'm glad you mentioned the uh, the the prison company. I actually looked into stocks of those prison companies some years ago. Um, made a couple of dollars, and it's actually the the little bit of money initially that I was able to put towards your book came from those stocks that I bought and sold. But those companies are, are like the GEO Group and corporations, uh, uh, corporate corrections, corporate corrections of America, some to to that effect. But there are several different companies that 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 that. that own and operate uh, uh, these prisons, but it's not just the the owners and operators of the prisons, it's also the phone companies, the the, the caterers, mm-hmm. the that they, they sell the food to them. All mm-hmm. of those folks are making money. So again, the logic, the logic of it is if all of these companies and mind you, cats like Bezos and Bill Gates and these cats invest in these companies, if these companies are making money off of people going to the penitentiary, do you really think they're going to try to in all earnest, get rid of crime? No, it doesn't make any sense. They're making money off of it, so they need a a fresh revenue stream coming in. And it's begun, the whole concept of the the, the business model is moving away from labor with the advent of of robots and AI. It's no longer a a, a good business to invest in people, because people complain. People want money, they want days off, they get sick, blah, blah, blah. But as robotics and artificial intelligence improve, the next industrial revolution, uh, so to speak, is set to take place to the point that they're no longer going to, to, to need us in, in, in the workplace. They're not going to need us in the warehouses or even in their doctor's offices. And they've got uh, AI and robots that are, that are conducting court nowadays. Um, so our whole usefulness is coming to a close and typically when something is of no more use to you you wash your hands of it and get rid of it so we really need to pay attention to that the business model as it stands now that's shifting it's no longer our bodies as much that they're working or that they have actually monetized they're actually monetizing or have monetized our, 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 our mind, you know, this whole idea that you can lock up my body, uh, but my mind is free and that sort of thing. But if you've got a Facebook account, you're being monetized. If you've got a YouTube account, you're being monetized. In other words, the things you want, the things you think and say and feel, they're buying and selling your information. Where you go, because they're tracking everywhere you go, they're buying and selling it left and right to manipulate You think you chose to buy that new TV, but you really didn't. You are manipulated and programmed to buy that TV because you really don't need one because you're already in debt, and it even makes sense to you. And a lot of people will say, yeah, that's true, that's real, that's real, and then go buy it because this is what we're programmed to do. And so they're buying and selling us on our our minds, and it's it's really at that point. But again, as we move forward and forward with robotics and AI, we're going to be hit so hard that we're going to have no choice but really look at what economics is because we're not going to be able to afford to go down and and purchase the things and do things. We're going to have to start looking at other ways of addressing our needs with what it is we have. We're going to have to hopefully start depending on one another, and maybe that's what we need to push us to that point where we have to come back and start bartering with one another, exchanging uh, meals for oil changes and, and things of that, you know, that nature. Taking care of ourselves as opposed to relying on the oppressor, which is what we've been programmed to do. Hey, let me jump. Let me jump in on that on that point real quick. Um, one thing I want to say about that is what we have to realize in terms of of, of the topic dealing with. Um, human capital and dealing with slavery as an institution is that a lot of times people, you know, from a conspiracy standpoint, want to say, well, they're, 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 they're working on ways of of actually um, slaughtering or, or trying to get rid of the black man or the black or the, or the black, the black person. And in, in essence, they think in genocide, but going back to one of the points he pointed out, from a capitalist and an economic standpoint, because this is how we have to look at things, is it better to kill that resource or find ways to make continued use of that resource beyond needing them from a physical, laborist stand- standpoint? So what the system did from, from at that point is they evolved the process of dehumanization and psychological warfare and damage. Again, going back to the weaponization things, it was, we were evolved from the process of dealing with um, trying to eradicate you or kill you physically to coming up with menticide. So genocide evolved into menticide because basically once I manipulate, control, and destroy the mind of the African. Then I can transform them into a consumer, and I make sure they stay away from the production. So that's one of the key things we're hitting on here. There is a big difference between consumption and production. It's no different than predator or prey. It's no different than dealing with the, the uh, employer and the employee to that matter. So we're in the phase now to where basically it's mental side and, it's, and it's, everything is designed to keep you captivated on that next purchase, captivated on what you're going to do with any little bit of resource that you get because the concept of consumption is that anytime you grab or you get a hold of a resource, whether it be a monetary resource, land, or any good then what you the first thing that what that pops to your mind is how can I get rid of this to get something else yeah so you instead of you actually buying land and, and, and cultivating that land you want to find a way to sell that land so that land that your family that you inherited from from your your, your, your your grandparents because they understood the value of that land because we're talking about a time of segregation when we had to cultivate and had to do for sale which going back to what he saying needs to happen again, was removed. Through that process of mental side, you couldn't wait to sell that land. So you sell the land, you sell everything you can, and you consume. You sell one thing to get another thing, which is more and more of, of, of trinket thinking. And they keep you on the edge of looking for the version 2.0, version 3.0. And now, like Eve saying, moving into the, the, the era of dealing with virtual realities, we are completely escaping the concept of, of what, 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 like Syke was talking about, of land to the point to where now everything is virtual. So we don't even think about the value of land now. We think about the value of Internet or, or server space. So now it's at the point to where they're selling us space on a server, and we're consuming it, and we buying up this virtual real estate. That social media deal that E was talking about, that goes back to the virtual world. It goes back to the virtual real estate. So people are, are basically captivated and plunged into a darkness based upon a virtual environment to where, from that standpoint, you can become whatever and whoever you think you, you want to present to the world. Again, that perception. But none of this is based in any type of reality, any type of anything that can li- literally liberate you physically, mentally, and spiritually from being a slave. It is just the opposite. So he was hitting, hitting y'all with that. That's what he's talking about, the virtualization of our minds, the virtualization of the process of being able to develop who and what we are. So this goes into the aspects of slave, slavery. This is the modern-day version of slavery that we're faced with, and we have to put put things in perspective and see what led from one development to the next. So as it applies to the weaponization of of the human condition of the cattle of being domesticated, you transform one into the other, and you make sure that you, again, always thinking ahead, being prudent, being prudent in your development, being prudent in your process of, of economy, you find ways to always stay ahead of the game. Find always, and, and notice how that that, that phrase is coined, because a lot of people say ahead of the game, but they don't get it. Ahead of the game means that you're not playing the game; you are ahead of the game. The game is for the players. <clears throat> people, we are the we are the the players on the chessboards. They are ahead of the game, meaning they are the architects. They are the designers. You are the chess pieces, which means your destiny has already been elaborated, already been predetermined. So that completely goes against the factors of what Pantheology stands for: being self-determined as a people. We want freedom. We want the practice to self to be self-determined as a people. You can't have that if you are. Playing the game. If your mind is stuck on playing the game, you cannot be a free people. It's a contradiction in reality. It's a contradiction in terms. It's a contradiction of everything. They don't mesh at all. Y'all want to elaborate a little more on that? Hey, let let, let me let me shoot this in real quick. Uh, um, you were talking about uh, the 2.0 and, and 3.0. So. Unemployment, uh, the, way they, the way they calculate the unemployment uh, uh, level in this country is they go around, they ask a bunch of people, are you employed? If they say, uh, if the person says yes, okay, I'm done with you, on to the next. They check the employee mark uh, box and go on to the next person. They ask the next person, are you employed? That person says no. Then they'll move on to the next question for the same person. The next question is, are you looking for a job? If they say yes, okay, you're, in a, you're, a part, you're officially a part of the unemployed class in this country. If the person says, no, I'm not looking for a job, that person, as far as the person that, the, the, the poll taker, as far as government statistics are concerned, that person that says, no, I'm not looking for a job is simply swept to the side. They don't count anymore. So the unemployment rate in this country looks like it's fairly, uh, fairly low. But the reality of it is it's a whole lot of folks that are no longer on that list or may have never been asked in the first place. Now, if employment is really as high as it seems to be, when you cut through all of the, the, the words, the assets, the, you know, the hidden meanings and everything and get down to it, if it's as high as it seems to be, it makes a right setting for what they call and what they've been testing in other countries. It's called a, 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 U, a UBI, universal basic income. And to the slaves, that sounds great. You mean I can get uh, a couple of two, $3,000 every month just for being? I don't, even if I get a job, I keep getting this money. If I don't get a job, I keep getting this government check just for, for nothing? Yeah, that sounds great. That's, that's the next, uh, that's the, the 2.0. That's the 3.0. Because now you've moved into a situation where you are absolutely, literally non productive, not even going to a job level productive. You are sitting at a home, hanging out getting high, playing games, doing nothing, and consuming. They give you money. What are you going to do with the money? Save it? No. Nah. You're going to go to Black Friday. You're going to spend that money and give it right back to them. So you maintain your, your purpose and your place, and you're useful as long as, as you're that part of that, that cheaper part of it because it's going to be a whole lot of chaff. It's going to be a whole lot of, that, the, of, 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 of these Africans and others that are enslaved that, that, that are surplus, that you don't really need. The penitentiary only holds so many people, so some of them are just going to get swept aside, exterminated, cut to the wire, whatever. But as long as you're useful in that sense, yes, they're absolutely going to keep you around for a certain peg hole, for a certain spot that they may want people to do. Sex, maybe, or, or, or you know, whatever other menial little something that some uh, robotics or AI hasn't come along to, to, to fill the gap for. But the eventuality of it is, I mean, and I'm, I'm big on, on the arts and, and looking at especially what movies tell us and movies like The Matrix where we're simply sitting in a tube being fed by the system. Maybe not literally the way it looked on the screen, but when we're sitting at the house getting a check every month, we're being fed by a system that's keeping us alive for the sole purpose of keeping them alive. And just to go back on how it's weaponized, you mentioned the word conspiracy. I don't have a problem with conspiracy because conspiracy just means when a couple of people get together and plan to do something that don't mean it ain't true. Don't mean it. Oh, that's, that's crazy. That's silly. uh, If I own a business, it may start out as just me. If I grow a little bit, I'm going to need to hire somebody quite naturally. The people (laughs) that I hire are going to be people that hold or are willing to promote the same values, and the same uh, uh, business strategy and plan that I have. When they turn around, we grow a little bit, and it comes time they need assistance or somebody working under them, they're going to look for and hire people that are doing the same thing. So you do that two or three times, it becomes a conspiracy, whether it's said or not, whether it's nefarious, whether it's, you know, some dirty, deep, dark secret or something is irrelevant. The reality of it is they're conspiring to operate a certain way. And the founders of this country, the so-called founding fathers, understand that 10 of the first 12 presidents of this country owned Africans, George Washington included. So quite naturally, they appointed people to positions, uh, went directions to to, to push the country in this direction or that direction, and found people that were willing to help them do that. So this became a conspiracy, not because it was dirty, dark, and underhanded, but because you had a bunch of uh, folks getting together to uh, uh, coming up with a plan to achieve a particular goal. And with us having been the weakest in this country and still continuing to allow ourselves to be the weakest, there's still plotting, planning, and strategizing. Trump is irrelevant. Trump is a clown. I like Trump simply because Trump is way more transparent. Every politician lies. Everybody knows that. But everybody's mad at Trump. Why? He's letting you know he's lying. Obama lied, Bush lied, Clinton lied, but he played a mean saxophone, so it was okay. This
0: cat <laughs> lies,
1: let you know he lied, just like a dude that gets caught in the bed with another woman by his main woman. He's going to sit there and nod, nah, it ain't what you think it is. It ain't what you think it is. But we'll leave that situation, but we keep staying with this situation, even though this cat here is telling the truth every time he lies to us. That's Tony Montana. So that, that's what I want to say. So I, you were gonna say something. <laughs> you were feeling that huh? <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I did want to add on. No, go ahead, bro. Okay, I did want to add on to something because uh, brother War asked earlier. Uh, he said <clears throat> that dealing with knowing that we're dealing with the economic system, would they uh, seek to exterminate the re- the resource? Or would they seek to constantly program the resource so it can stay beneficial? Well the thing is I believe that it has to be understood that they would do both. Now, they would seek to program, mentally program the resource so it can stay beneficial first because that would keep on producing resources. But at the end of the day, if it cannot if that doesn't work then the last uh, straw is to exterminate the resources. I think that uh <clears throat> I think that Huey, Huey he 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 uh He gave a lot of ideas. He gave a lot of uh, concepts that allow us to understand how this system works if you really research and study how this brother thought. He explained that during slavery that the black man lost his mind. He lost his ability to think for himself. And he said that the white man uh, uh, inadvertently lost his body. He lost the ability to move in the And to Now, the way he explained this and broke this down was like this. He said that since the white man was the decision maker, since the slave master was the decision maker, then he made out decisions. decision. The black man no longer needed to use his mind. The slave didn't have to think anymore. He just had to work. And by working, he built up that masculine body. And in the process, since the slave master no longer worked, then he was getting fat and sloppy, and he, was, uh, 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 he lost his body. So then, when the women came out, the, the the slave master would look and he would see the, uh, the the black women come out and they'd look at the at the slave and they'd look at look at him with great lust because he represented physically what a man was. And even the slave master's own wife would step out on the porch maybe to bring the slave master some lemonade and she would get to get dumbfounded by staring at the slave because again, physically he represented what a man was. When the slave master recognized this in his own thinking, he said, God, I've lost my own body. So then what he did is he instituted a new idea. He called old Tom over. He said, Tom, come here. Let me talk to you right quick. Tom, he told Tom, he told him, he said, see, you may have developed a better body than mine, but I want you to understand something, boy. And Tom said, what is that, sir? He said, see, my penis stretches further than yours. And Tom looked at him like, is this man crazy? You know, and uh, uh, Tom said, well, see, this is what I mean. He said, see, you, you can only have the slave woman, but you can never, and if you even try to, if you look at it the wrong way, can have the free woman, I'd kill you. But see, me, I can have the free woman and I can have the slave woman. I can have whoever I want to have. So my penis stretches further than yours. So he said that the slave lost his mind and that the uh, uh, slave master lost his body. But he but Hewitt broke down, he explained that the gorilla was a perfect man because the gorilla was the man that got his mind back. He started back acquiring his mind. So he was both the political theoretician and the military fighter. He was both mind and body. He was a thinker and he was the soldier. And and I said all I that to say this. Because Brother War was talking about menticide, genocide moving into the Because the best way to control the people is to control their mind. If you control how people think, then you can control every other action that they do. Uh 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 the brother I forget the brother's name, uh brother E, give me some help on it. The brother that wrote uh, the miseducation of the Negro. James Woodson. Carter G. Wilson. Carter, Carter G. Wilson. Wilson. Yeah, there, yeah, there we go. Carter G. Wilson. He said that, that uh, when talking about how the slave were programmed, he said he you don't even have to tell him to go to the back door. He'll go there automatically because he's been trained to go there, and if there's no back door, he'll make one for his own special purposes. So that's that that's that ideal of mind control. That's that slave that has lost his mind. But now when we start coming into this realization and this understanding, then we start to reprogram ourselves. We start to wake ourselves up from the matrix, and we start to get our mind back. We become the gorilla. We become the perfect man, both mind and the body. Let me, let me jump in real quick because I, I want, I want our, our folks out there to listen to the listening audience, to know this is why psycho. Brother Syke and Brother E are on the line now. These brothers are powerful in terms of the knowledge they have. And you can see how Brother Syke referred and and referenced right back to the the gorilla, which is, again, going into the cell theory concept of the mechanism structure, having these two brothers on the line completed that cycle. And now I want to bring in a director of operations, Sister Seven. So I want to let her get in a few words. To the seven, you there?
0: I'm there. I'm I'm here. Um I All don't right. I'm not gonna add a whole lot. This has been an awesome show. I coming from a formal economic education, I can't tell you how important economics is. It is the power that runs underneath everything. If you don't have economics, there is no power without economics. There's nothing. And so I was so glad to hear it. A lot of times we want to move away from economics because we think economics is money, but it's not necessarily money. It is wealth, it's understanding, it's knowledge, it's intention, it's all those other things that we don't have when it comes to spending our money. We have to become more intentional about when, how, what we spend money on, where we spend our money at. Um, how we are adding power to what we're doing in everything that we do. So um, I am—I've just been blown away by the conversation. I want to thank you, gentlemen, for coming out and and sharing unadulterated, <laughs> uncensored. You know, I, I I appreciate it so much, uh, Chief Ward. This has been absolutely awesome. I hope that you do this again. And that's all I wanted to add. Thank you.
1: All right. So, E, or Psych, we down to like eight minutes. Y'all, y'all want right. to jump in with some more information? Well, I just want to, uh, I didn't directly get to, well, I didn't allow myself to directly answer what it is you asked. I would say that they will continue to invest in the old uh, slave as long as it was economically prudent but as ai and robotics continue to evolve and to grow at ever greater speeds it's going to become less prudent for them to do so we're going to become more of a burden than we are uh, any type of benefit and and that the whole again idea of of how it's been uh, uh, weaponized and the idea of it of it being passed down generationally when someone white today says i'm not like you know, my parents and my grandparents, my ideas of this and this and this, even though they sit back and accept the same realities that their parents and grandparents were the architects of and the builders of. They got their religion from the parents and grandparents. They got their their ideas on capitalism and, and American exceptionalism and all of that from their parents and grandparents. So again, that's that conspiracy has been handed down culturally, the weaponization of of economics and and everything else uh, uh from generation to generation and yes, i'm gonna i'm gonna add on to what the sister just said when she said that economics is everything because we got to understand how society works and we got to understand these definitions uh, uh politics economics and sociology let's understand these real quick politics is the is the uh it's the science of running a society Sociology is the studying of people in the society. It's kind of like a group psychology to a certain degree. And economics is the managing of a household. Basically, it's the study of how people utilize resources in the society. And you've got to understand that you study all of these things so that you can learn how to automate society. You study these things, how people respond to certain uh, 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 things in a in society so you can learn how to put the things out to make them give you the responses that you want. You want to run things. So when you understand economics in that point of view, you understand economics is the perfect weapon, and it isn't just currency, it isn't just money, it's land, it's resources, it, it's assets all together. Period. Even people are resources. Hugh P. Newton once said that there are only three there are three types of econo- there are three types of power that will allow you to have political power. He said that there's either feudal power, which is land power, there's economic power, and there's military power. And at the time, he said the only power that the, that the people had at that time was the uh, military power, and that's the frill of a potential destructive force if we did not get freedom. So that was the power that the party was moving on in the 60s. Now I think in order for the party to truly be uh, – uh, 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 to have a real voice and have real power in this society, the party has to learn how to utilize those economic powers. Those are what where, where that true power comes from, and that's those are the weapons that we use today. Today is not a sword. Today, freedom is not growing out of the barrel of a gun. Now, freedom is growing out of out of your wallet. Freedom is growing out of your ability to utilize economic power. And Brother Watt said something earlier. I'm gonna add this and be quiet. He said about credit how how recently we didn't have uh uh, uh, credit and the credit system and how to properly use the credit system it's ironic but I just did a video on my on my YouTube channel today dealing with those ideas the do's and the don't do's of economics and finances before I actually knew that we were going to discuss this subject because uh, uh, understanding how to properly use credit and properly use your economic resources in, in this society is extremely important and what's the name of your uh, YouTube channel bro? Oh, Brother Sight but it's like strategies of manhood. All right. Sweet. Hey, and one thing I want to add to this just so people can draw perspectives on the overall aspect of, of dealing of, of what we're dealing with in terms of um, institutional slavery and the prudence of, of human capital is for us to take into heed the concept of the buck breakers. Because back during slavery time, in order to be able to create a process of an, of an efficient human capital, you, you needed to break them. And by breaking them, that goes back to that psychological damage that, uh, that uh, Psych Andy talked about in terms of making sure that a mind was, was ripped out. When Psych was talking about that in terms of the, of, of the slave owner being able to stretch his penis. From that standpoint, the buck breaker from a modern time has to do with that same process of, of, of menticide that makes sure that we do not have a focus on economics. And when we think economics, I want us all I want us to just think of it overall as resources. So True from indeed. a pantheology and 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 uh self sufficiency, self determination that which is what, what our theme is, we have to respect and we have to see the power in resources. Whether it be our human resource our economic resource, or our potential to galvanize the people in terms of being able to acquire large masses of anything? Because keep in mind, the whole aspect of what happened with the Civil War, in essence, was the fact that they wanted to break into an international field of, hey, we don't need to just simply deal with uh, slaves in terms of harvesting raw material, but our production needs to be about being able to create and, and, and deal with a mass quantity of things that can be shipped all across international waters and can bring and thrive us into a higher level of economics, a higher level of resources. So the North and the South fighting had more so to do with the evolving of the slave, the new way of, of, of dealing with the slave, which went into an industrialization. And like one of like the things he is hitting on, as it applies to that, we are being transformed. And recognize the transforming of the prey. Recognize what the predator is doing. And we have to be able to utilize our resources, resources to the point to where we can break this 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 uh, hold that the buck breaker has against us. You know, going back into. Dealing with uh, the 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 book that Psych um, was talking about, so I'm gonna let the I'm gonna let the brothers or, or sister seven one jump in. We're at ninety seconds left, so if anybody want to give us some closing statements, go ahead.
0: <laughs> Silence.
1: Go ahead, man. <laughs> so so then in in coming in coming uh, uh, classes an actual breakdown of, of economics will probably be in order. Like what is money versus currency? Because most people don't know the difference. You know, mm-hmm. the, how does credit work? The, how is money made? We don't know how the money, What is if we've ever even heard of the Fed, what is the Fed, what is its role? You know, how does Walmart keep us enslaved? That sort of, of thing and getting down into, because this was a nice intro, but getting down into what that stuff actually means will probably be a, be a significant and proper step in the, in the near future. True mm-hmm. indeed. I agree. Right. So that's what we'll do. So with that being said, uh, I want to thank my my two uh, co-hosts, Brother E and Brother Syke, and we're going to definitely, People's Black Counterparties are going to definitely have y'all back so that y'all can continue to expand and, and build on the knowledge that we all need as as a people so that we can understand and be able to move forward. With that being said, all power to the people, free the land, black power. All power to the people.
0: people.